Hello. 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 Uh, welcome to episode 11, lookup list bonus episode. Uh, we are at Jenna's house today. We're actually in her husband's office and I'm sitting in the most comfortable. Okay. First of all, this is death by Southwest. Should have said that. Oh. I guess if people are listening though, they're aware because they're in the death by Southwest feed. So, um, but I am sitting in this chair, this desk chair. It's incredibly comfortable and leans all the way back. But mm-hmm. I wanted to just make a mention of it because there's a good chance I'm going to move and it does some squeaking. It does a lot of squeaking. Yeah. So apologies in advance to for the squeaking, but it's too comfortable to not sit in. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 I listened to the last bonus episode I did with Mark. Yeah, I didn't listen. How was it? It was, I think it was good. He did pretty good. Uh, and you guys just did the traditional lookup list yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We did the lookup list you sent me. Mm-hmm. We did. And, um, you know, we did it, I think, on Sunday night. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get it. The goal is always to get these out before Monday morning, before the new episode. Mm-hmm. And so I really didn't have a chance to edit. I just went through. Henry barked a little bit. I took out stuff like that. But as I'm going through really quickly and kind of like fast forwarding, just making sure to get out the, you know, the big things. I just, all I could hear is, um, um. From you or Mark? Me. Oh. Um, and Mark says like a lot, you know, like this and then he did like this and like and like. And so he. Did you leave those in? I sure did. He asked me to take them out because he was sitting there listening as I was editing. He was like, please take those out. I sound ridiculous. And I was like, I don't have time. I'm not going to sit here and do that, you know? Um, um, but I realized that I can't just let there be space in between my sentences. You can, you don't like it. You mean? I just naturally say, um, you're not good with silence as I'm, yeah, I'm not good with silence. And as I'm thinking about what to say next, you make a noise. Yeah. And it, 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 it really annoys me to listen to it. So I want to try and actively avoid that. And now all the people that maybe weren't tuned into that or attuned to that <laughs> are now true. going to hear it every single um yeah, it's and uh. true. That's yeah, fine. It's something to work on. That's true. And we're we are always trying to improve. So before we get into this lookup list for the uh Marys, the two Marys, mm-hmm. I just wanted to we've been getting some great uh uh messages on Instagram. And, and I wanted to share two things, uh, are I, anybody who's listened for a long time has heard us talk about Sherry. She is one of the first people to ever message us and she continues to be a loyal listener and send feedback and thoughts and ideas. And she had an idea that I really liked. And I talked to Jenna about is that maybe in the future, when we have some either more listeners or YouTube subscribers, which we just created a YouTube channel for the show yesterday. So we have no subscribers yet. But if you if you happen to go on YouTube, you can look us up. It's the handle is at Death by Southwest. And Sherry suggested maybe to do these bonus episodes on YouTube live. Mm. Um, you know, we we could still be recording on our external mics so that I can publish it as as an audio episode. But if we do it on YouTube Live, then any listeners who want to can like watch in real time and mm-hmm. comment and ask questions and provide feedback. Because what I've noticed is that there are th- things in the episode where we're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Put it on the lookup list. Mm-hmm. And we've, we got an Instagram DM the other day from someone named Sean 
Thompson. His Instagram handle is Sir Putz a lot. <laughs> and he sent us a message that said a wrecker is a tow truck. Typically the ones that tow tractor trailers are referred to as wreckers. Because remember in this Mary episode, uh, the second Mary was found, her body and car was found by a wrecker driver. And we yeah. weren't we weren't totally sure what that was. So he sent that and I you know thanked him and said um, so it sounds like you're familiar with wrecker drivers and you must've been rolling your eyes that we didn't know about what it was. And he said, that's fine. I didn't roll my eyes. I've been towed by a wrecker a few times. It, it's something you wouldn't know unless you're in that business. I said, well, I appreciate that you didn't roll your eyes. Thanks so much. Uh, I said, it's been a learning curve that, that people find, you know, roll their eyes that we don't know certain things or we don't know everything, but it's impossible to know everything. And we're, just, you know, we're being honest, we're learning as we go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, I did feel like I wanted to roll my eyes at the beginning, but I understand why you can't know everything. And I got used to it. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I cringe when you guys don't know your way around or where things are. I'm a walking GPS and compass. So maybe that's just a me thing. Please don't take it as a complaint. And I went back and I was like, no, dude, that's fair. We're terrible with directions. And that's something that for me, I don't, I'm not going to say never change, but I've lived on and off in Tucson for many, many years, over a decade. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. still, it's an easy-ish place to get around. I'm just bad at directions. Me too. But also, are you going to, because that would have been on the lookup list, I think. If Yeah. But it's not, right? Right. Did you tell them what it was? The wrecking, the wrecker? Yeah, I just read it. Oh. <laughs> well, I read his definition, a wrecker. A wrecker driver is somebody who drives a tow truck. That's it? That's it. For re- That picks up wrecked vehicles, though, right? Yeah, typically the ones that Not tow- just stalled. No, it, it, it's a wrecker is a tow truck, but it generally um, is a bigger type of tow truck that tows tractor trailers. Oh, so they don't have to be wrecked cars. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you did read that. I wasn't listening. That's okay. Um, there's that um. Anyways, I just wanted to mention those two things. I think that that's a cool idea that Cherry had, and I would love to start doing YouTube, doing these bonus episodes on YouTube Live. Are, truthfully, the concern that me and Jenna have, or just briefly talked about, was that there's no editing to those. That is live and in the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's like anything that we say goes. There's no like, hey, make sure you cut this out later. <laughs> you really have to think before you speak, or I do. Yeah. Also, I guess some of those things I know before I say them when I'm going to say like, obviously that like I want it cut because I say cut it. So I'll just right. have to keep my mouth shut Yeah. on that. It's just ones. more of a, it would probably keep it more concise, honestly, than these because we know there's editing. So now mm-hmm. it's like anything goes. But I thought that was a cool idea. We appreciated the feedback from Sean. We got another message, a lovely message from Chris in Perth, Australia. It was, I'm not going to read it because I sometimes feel like reading all the good reviews. It's like tooting your own horn, but Mm. really appreciated that. And, And we really like hearing from you guys. So please do keep sending suggestions or messages, anything like that. Let's, um, all right, let's dive into this episode 11 lookup list, which was the murder of the two Mary Morrises in Houston, Texas. And the first thing on the lookup list is just more information about the underground walkway. We mentioned that in the kind of beginning fun facts about Houston stuff. And I don't remember exactly how much I shared about it. I don't know how deep I got into it. I think I just briefly mentioned it kind of. Yeah, and that it's still a... People still use it as an underground walkway. Yeah. And yeah. I know I mentioned like the Denver airport. Yes. There's a great, po- did I say this? There's a great podcast that is 
it's scripted fiction, but it's super interesting and it takes place. It's like a thriller where these people get trapped in all the tunnels under the Denver airport. I can't remember what it's called. Well, it's based on like, it's based on all the weirdness that people say the conspiracies about Denver airport. Okay. So I mentioned, I, I, I see what I said. I'm looking at my script from the episode. I, I did have some basic information, but I found out a little bit more. So I just thought I'd share that. Um, it's, and some of this may be re- repetitive, but um, a system of tunnels 20 feet below Houston's downtown streets, uh, more than six or seven miles long. It started out years ago as a tunnel between two downtown movie theaters, but today includes restaurants, retail stores, and co- connects connects 95 city blocks. Wait, restaurants and stores underground underground oh i yeah. thought you meant like it'll t- there's Ooh. exits up to the main ground where there are main shopping you, areas and shit you that's a really good question i read this as that there's actually restaurants and stuff underground i have no idea but okay only wells fargo plaza mckinney garage on main offers direct access from the street to the tunnel Otherwise, entry points are from street-level stairs, escalators, and elevators located inside of office buildings that are connected to the tunnel. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen this map of it? No. Okay, my favorite, one of my, oh, this isn't it. I thought it was Atlas Obscura. I'm sure it's on Atlas Obscura. But, yeah, I'm looking at, um, I think you're right. There's restaurants under there. Okay, that's what I read it as. That's like kind of how I took it. But like, this is kind of a shitty map. But look, if you glance here, I'm sure I could find a better one. Oh, that we could post on a social media. And then there's pictures of. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The tunnel is a series of underground passageways that with above ground skywalks, link office towers to hotels, banks, corporate and government offices, restaurants and retail stores and the Houston theater district. Portions of the tunnel also contain gift shops, newsstands, banks, technology centers, flower shops, copy centers, dry cleaners, and food courts, similar to a major shopping mall. So Mm. it is, it's like a, it's like a a shopping mall underground and it's, and it, Apparently, hundreds of Houstonians pass through these tunnels every day during the work week. Um, So it's not a secret, but for people who don't work downtown, it kind of is like a total mystery. It's it's also the most extensive underground tunnel system in the U.S. That seems wrong, doesn't it? I don't know. No, I don't know. What do you think is more? I don't know. I didn't even know that this existed, so it would be hard for me to say that. Me neither. I mean... The Denver airport? I know... Yeah, the Denver airport, I think about, I'm sure a lot of places will like, like usable underground, like New York has an underground, lots of places do, but like usable. Right. Not like a subway system, like I a walking New tunnel. Orleans? No, historically they have one. Yeah. I don't know. It's also air conditioned, which I thought was interesting. Well, I mean, think if they have stores and shops. Right. So they, the, so the tunnels were initially constructed in the 1930s and then expanded in the 1950s and the 1960s. They were constructed to give downtown Houston employees a speedy way to get to work without having to walk outside in the sweltering Texas weather. They can also use, it also allowed employees to use the tunnels during their lunch break to quickly and easily go to the bank, the doctor, get a haircut, send a package, go shopping, or grab a bite to eat. Because they avoid crowds and streets and a lot of pedestrians and cars and all the crosswalks, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if you can drive like a scooter down there. Ooh, good question. 
put it on look up list yeah. number two, which is what we say every time. And Jeez. there hasn't been like a, there hasn't, it isn't like this is look up list A and then we do look up list B because like we, I'll like, get when to B, we find C, the time? D, E, F. That's why we shouldn't do it. Well, eventually what we could do is not that we're going to have time to record a second look up list, but we could just on like a website or like have a blog or something where it's like, here's our look up list. Here's all the answers. And we like just, add, and just add, add willy nilly as mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, it'd be kind of cool to have that and make it, you know how some people could add stuff. Yeah. Too. Some blogs have like forums yeah. where people can be, can add stuff. We well, should it's even like that. Wikipedia. People can add whatever they want these days. So it all may not be exactly factual or our opinions, right. but where listeners can I wonder stuff. if it's better to do like on a website or like have just a Death by Southwest Reddit page where we can have a post for episode 11 lookup list, a post for episode 12. It's kind of the same, just a more, you said, should we do Once, a website yeah. or a Reddit? A it's Reddit. kind of the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How you structure it. So the next thing we talked, we also talked about in the opening about Viet Cajun crawfish. Sounds yummy. It does. I didn't, I mean, I think we I think you insinuated just from the name. Okay, it's somewhat Vietnamese, Cajun, somewhat spicy, crawfish. I mean, uh, duh, that's obvious. Kind of feel, feels to like assume that Vietnamese style crawfish, right? Is what I thought, but I had no idea. I'd never heard of it. I'm, so was I wrong? Um, no. So apparently, there's a big Vietnamese culture in Houston. It's, I found a quote from Dr. Robert Buzcano, a professor of history and an expert on the Vietnam. Vietnam War at the University of Houston. He said, Houston has always been one of the centers of Vietnamese culture in America and has really been a staple in Vietnamese culture since the first wave of Vietnamese people came over here. He said, you have a huge Vietnamese, you have huge Vietnamese markets and well-known spots like Kim Sun and Mai's. Around here, it's just accepted as one of those parts of our culture and our cuisine that we kind of take for granted. You might say to your friend or partner, you want to go out for Vietnamese and it's commonplace, but you never would have said that 40 years ago and now no one would think twice about it, which is interesting because truthfully, if we're ever talking about going out to eat or something, I can't really think of a time when we've said, I mean, I've, we've said, let's go for Mexican, let's go for Indian. I can't think of a time where we've been like, let's go for Vietnamese, maybe for pho. Yeah, I have for pho. For pho. There was, used to be a great pho place right around here, but now hmm. it's gone. So... Apparently, the original Cajun-style crawfish that the Bayou City was used to is generally boiled with spices like paprika, cayenne pepper, and other flavors found in most Cajun food. Viet Cajun crawfish, however, is seasoned with some Cajun seasoning, but also includes Southeast Asian herbs like lemongrass and ginger. Hmm. Um, Did you just say Bayou? Yeah, how do you say that? Bayou? Bayou. I'm not sure if that's the same word no. you're trying to say, like the Louisiana Bayou. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. And I love Louisiana and I've been there multiple times and I cannot see that word and not say Bayou. Well, you're speaking bayou. it phonetically. Bayou. Bayou. And I know that that's how you say yeah. it. Uh, we're gonna. Get, I'm going to get slammed for that. I don't think so. That's okay. I also found another little thing is probably too much on Viet Cajun crawfish, but uh, that Houston-based Vietnamese cooks take the recipe a step further by tossing the cooled crawfish in a butter-based sauce that mixes a lot of garlic with seasonings such as ginger, peppers, scallions, and orange wedges and lemongrass. Mm. The result is a medley of flavors that blend blend and balance one another. Um, And it says, I thought this, this is the cover on this website. It says, Viet Cajun crawfish is the most delicious expression of Houston's diverse culinary identity. Flavors from the Gulf and Saigon fuse to produce buttery, spicy mud bugs. 
Mud bugs. I think that's what crawfish are referred to as. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. Gross. Um, yeah. So perfect lead into how close is Houston actually to the Gulf? And apparently Sylvan Beach Park, which is uh, located in La Porte, Texas, which is, uh, I think, part of Houston, is the closest beach to Houston. And it's t- measuring from downtown. It's 26.2 miles away from downtown Houston. That's the nearest beach spot. Uh, Houston is home to the Port of Houston, one of the world's largest ports on the Gulf Coast, with a metro reach that expands all the way to the Gulf Coast. That made no sense. Largest ports on the Gulf Coast. And then traveling by way of Highway 288, the distance from Houston to Freeport, uh, which is a beach, is 61 miles. However, this I thought this was interesting. However, the Gulf of Mexico is technically not the ocean. It's a gulf. It's a gulf. Um, oh, now I want to add something to the part I'm going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> uh, basically, if you're in downtown Houston, you're about 50, 60 miles from the beach, which is the gulf, which, yes, maybe is not exactly the ocean, but it's a, it's a bay. And, the, and, that, and then that's the perfect lead into what you're going to talk about right now. Well, yeah, now I just added to my portion of the what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, what is a gulf. So uh, initially it was a bay versus a beach, which as if I had paused and actually thought about it, I wouldn't know all these things at all that I'm about to read. Uh-huh. But I would say, well, a beach is land. A beach a bay, is land. A, a bay, bay is, water. is water. So that's okay. So duh. But anyways, now I want to just quickly. But a beach s- arguably includes water. Well, that would be the ocean or the water mass that true. comes up along the beach. Okay, so That's let's true. start there. A okay. beach, it's a landform along the coast of an ocean, a sea, the edge of a lake or a river. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then it says in simple words, which I thought those were pretty simple words. In simple <laughs> words, beach is the place where the water meets the land. Oh, I like that. Okay. A bay, which is going to be what I talk about next, but this a beach can also have a bay. Okay. A bay is a broad, wide inlet of the sea where the land curves inward. It's partly closed by land. Say that again. A A bay bay is a broad or wide inlet of the sea. So it's water, a little, you know, here's the big water mass, sea water mass, and Uh it's a broad, I don't know why I did this, it's broad inlet, you know, Mm -hmm. like a... Right. Uh, it's partly like enclosed. A cove. Yeah, it's partly enclosed by land. A bay can be part of a lake, an ocean, or a sea, and it's generally smaller and less enclosed than a gulf. Uh, bays make good harbors and ports, and provide a safer place for fishing, since the land around the bay can block waves and strength uh, lessen the strength of the winds. And so, back to the beach. Yeah, a beach is a landform. Beach typically consists. Everyone's like rolling their eyes right now. No, but this. Okay, so this is what I was just going to say. I was literally just thinking this. Hmm. That like as you're reading this, I'm like, okay, people are gonna say, duh, I know what a gulf is, I know what a bay is, I know what this is. I'm sorry, we are both fairly intelligent, educated humans. If someone asked me to clearly define the distinction between right. what is a bay and what is a gulf, I could tell you what the gulf is. The Gulf of Mexico, it's this kind of cove, it's this giant cove. What makes a bay different? I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't articulate that perfectly. So this is the perfect example of things that, like, yes, I have some general idea. You have some general idea, but you are reading specifically what it is, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to know. And it's I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's fine. No, I just lost where I was. Not because of you, because I started looking something else up. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Yes, I would have gotten as far as beach is land, mm-hmm. bay is some sort of water. Sure. So I think most people know this, but a beach typically consists of loose particles, which are often composed of rock, sand, shingle, gravel, pebbles, or cobblestone. Mm. Um, and then a gulf is another inlet from the ocean. I think this is the distinction because a bay smaller? can be from a lake, an ocean, or ah. a sea, and is generally smaller and less enclosed than a gulf. But to me, the main difference is a gulf is an inlet from the ocean, which means bodies of salt water. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. That's good. That was informative. Fairly. That's it. No, I like that. Now I'll be able like, that's, but again, I know I just said it, but like, that's the perfect example of people like, yeah, you know it, but now you know more people. Exactly. Thank you. You're, you're much more concise than me sometimes. Uh, so we had said something in the beginning that Houston is so big that it can, I, I had said it's so big that it can fit at 655 square miles. It could contain the cities of New York, Washington, DC, Boston, San Francisco, Seattle, Minneapolis, and Miami. And you were like, there's no way it can contain all of those at once. It has to be just, it contains one individually and the next individually. And I, I could be wrong though. Cause you had said also, well, think about New York. It's mostly up. It's yeah. not like the hugest city, uh, uh, di- um, uh, Mileage wise, yeah, isn't there a better way to? Uh, yeah, I guess mileage, not acreage. Acreage makes me think of area like f- wise, yeah, like area. area. There you go. Thank okay. you. Uh, but and so initially we didn't know, so I looked it up, and so Houston is really big, six hundred and fifty-five square miles. But I looked up New York City square miles, and that's three hundred. So there's no way uh, that it can also fit DC, Boston, San Francisco. Like no fucking way. Mm. And you're right. It was. It could fit any of those cities not all together not all together now harris county which houston is part of harris county i'm assuming it extends just like we're in tucson beyond city limits exactly we're in tucson which is pima county pima county goes beyond the the tucson city limits Mm -hmm. so harris county covers 1778 square miles and harris county can fit the cities of austin Boston, Chicago, Dallas, New York City, and Seattle with room to spare. Wow, all together. All together. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. And at 665 square, 665 or 55, I've seen both, the city of Houston is larger than Chicago, larger than Dallas, Los Angeles, New York City, Phoenix, and San Diego. And the cities that it can, that Houston can fit inside of it all together. Yeah. Manhattan, Chicago, and Philadelphia could all collectively... Manhattan proper, yeah. Yeah, could all collectively fit inside of Houston. Say that again, Manhattan... Chicago, and Philadelphia. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Huh. So collectively, those three cities are smaller than 655, 65 square miles, I guess. And in the episode 11, the Mary Mary episode, double Uh Mary episodes, Uh episode, um, in the double Mary episode, you had said Houston is the blank largest city it's the largest city in the south in they say the southern united states just period the largest Mm -hmm. city okay Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean that makes sense chicago is 234 square miles Mm -hmm. it's about the same size as tucson actually which is interesting um and new york city's 300 so i'm guessing philadelphia's got to be somewhere in between Mm, yeah or the smallest smaller Let's see, size of Philadelphia, 141. So yeah, those three could be fit all in Mm. Houston. That makes sense. Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) 
the, <laughs> and I almost just did it again. Uh, so, so now I'm just going to say so instead of, um, um, we talked about accelerants because Mary number one, Mary Lou Morris was found bur- in her burned out car and her burned body. Remind us and myself, I think I know an accelerant is what starts a, bur- a fire. An accelerant is a substance used to aid in the spread of fire. Yeah. So if you find an accelerant, so like if a house, somebody's house burns down and the, they investigate and they, they find that there has, is, is presence of an accelerant. Like then, a big gas can. Right. Then it, then it's arson because somebody's purposely trying to spread the fire. Whereas if it's an electrical fire by accident, there's no accelerant. Put this on lookup list A, B, C, D. Arson could still be even if it's not intentional. Like I'm smoking a cigarette and I toss it and there happens to be, not that I would do this, a gas can nearby. And then they find the gas obviously spreads the fire. I wonder, yeah, it's maybe like secondary arson. It's such a good question. I have to look it up right now. So arson does indicate intent. To commit arson, someone starting a fire usually must intend to start it. Okay. In some states, deliberately setting the fire is enough to show intent, but in other states, the person must also intend to damage property or know that damage will result. Accidentally setting fire to something isn't considered arson unless the person's acts were reckless. So I think in the episode I had said that Mary's body, um, that the investigators had claimed that the car had burned so hot and so quickly that a typical accelerant like gasoline couldn't have been used. Mm. Do you have a list of typical accelerants? I do. Which, okay, so this doesn't make sense to me now because they're saying that a typical accelerant like gasoline couldn't have been used because it burned so hot and quickly. But I found something that says gasoline may ignite from a nearby spark flame or even static electricity and become a fireball with a temperature of 15,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh no, the ignition temperature is around 495E. Well, and how do they know how quickly it burns anything? Like how do they know it burned super quickly in her car? Oh, okay. Gasoline <laughs> burns at 495 degrees Fahrenheit. Sorry, I'm like learning this. So how do they know it burns so quickly? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. Um, but maybe based on like the at, like that somehow they can tell that everything was pretty much burnt up around the same, like it's the same amount of burnt. Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. That's a, that would have been a good thing for me to look up before this, but. Oh my God, I could give, that's why I said we should never have a secondary. I can go on with questions forever. Well, right. Because there's always more, like I'm not an expert on fires or accelerants. So there's always more to learn. Uh, let's backtrack a second. So the most common accelerants are petrol, which is gasoline. This is, must have been a British website I was looking at. Kerosene, mineral terps, and diesel. These accelerants are generally complex mixtures of hydrocarbon molecules. They have similar chemical properties, but their boiling points vary. Hmm. Um, so many so-called accelerants, like I just said, are hydrocarbon-based fuels. Uh, they are also referred to as petroleum distillates. Uh, and this, this list is even longer, uh, gasoline, diesel fuel, turpentine, butane, um, and they're just, they're also known as ignitable liquids. So we had talked about this because the investigators had said maybe manure was the accelerant used. Mary used manure in her rose garden. She had horses. And so that it was interesting. It's an interesting question because if, if it was manure, which I don't think was ever determined, Mm -mm. You would assume that if it was manure, was the accelerant they found? Well, then that's going to point to her husband. Because who else? 
is going to take manure from her. I mean, I guess he can get manure anywhere. That's true. Yeah, they didn't. I don't believe you specified, and maybe there's no way to tell. Right. Where the manure was from. Right. Like the, the, yeah, where the manure is from. Was it from her horses and her roses or was it just random? From the random farm at the end of the road. Right. Also, that makes me think about the random farm at the end of the road. Uh, Was there a random farm at the end of the road? Probably. No, around my home. Oh. Uh Uh, Like... Hopefully no one throws us. I don't know. Don't get, let's not go down there. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. So fresh manure is apparently high in nitrogen, which makes it a natural accelerator. It burns at 300 to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And if I keep the part in about three minutes ago where I was actually looking things up in the moment, talking about how, how hot gasoline burns, it ignites at 300 to 400 degrees. But then I found something that said that it burns at 15,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which, which to me seems... I mean, that indicates much higher burning than manure. But I guess ignite and burn are two, two separate things. Yeah. yeah. Do we know any firefighters that we can have on here? Yes, I was just thinking we should have Adam on staff. Yeah. And I could just text him, email him questions, and we could say our expert, Adam. Yep. Oh, my God. We should totally do and that. he would love it. Okay, so that's about... Uh, that is not all that there is on accelerants. And I don't even feel like I really answered anything specific. I didn't really, none of that was very helpful, but that's because there's far too much on accelerants. It's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And I just, we'll be here all night. There you go. So we're going to, we're going to move it along. But if any listeners have additional insights and Mm. or questions, Mm -hmm. specific accelerant questions, Mm -hmm. we can find out hopefully, and then Mm -hmm. answer them just as like a ending to the next bonus episode. Totally. Bonus episode. Yeah, totally. Uh, the next one is it's all you. What, what are the requirements of filing a missing persons report? Yes, ma'am. So in general, thank you. So in general, none, there are none. Um, so I think, uh, well, I don't think I know anyone can be a missing person. I think a lot of people, or perhaps a lot of people, some, I think some people may think that only children or adolescents, teens, Mm-hmm. can be filed as a missing person. That's not true. Um, it's not just limited to children. Adults can be reported as missing too. Um, and there is no waiting period. And this is something I think we might have touched on in a different episode. Yeah, I think you're right. But I briefly n- thought I knew you had to wait a certain amount of time. So, 48 hours, right? Yeah. It, and maybe that all stemmed initially from, no, that's something else. TV shows, I feel like. Well, yeah, it says in many shows, movies, whatever, people have... Um, to wait 24 to 48 hours to report the missing person or people, but that waiting right. that waiting period doesn't really exist in real police offices and investigations. As soon as you know uh, an adult child, a person is missing, report it to your local police. Oh. Um, and then just some additional stuff. So if you are going to report a missing person, there's some like helpful things, which some of them are common sense, but also if you really and truly believe your loved one, friend, whomever is missing, maybe you're not in your full brain, logical mind. So bring the right information. Police need as complete a description or a picture of the person Mm -hmm. as possible. So when you report a missing person, bring one or more clear photographs of them, uh, preferably from shoulders up. I'm not sure why. Wouldn't you Hmm. want the whole... Anyways, um, a clear physical description. So your best known height of the person, weight, age, any identifying marks, like birthmarks, uh, tattoos, piercings, uh, their date of birth, their social security number. Uh, if you know what they were wearing when you, they were right. last seen, 
um, and who they were with, if anyone, and any vehicles that might be involved, if any. Um, and then details on any of the people or persons that they may have been with. Um, hmm. And then it's like special factors, I guess. Uh, police may do an expedited search. This kind of bothered me because any missing person to me is important to like sure. hop on it right. and start that search. Right. I also know that they have to um, kind of... Uh, what's the word? Like um, classify? Classify in terms of quote unquote. Like hierarchy? In, yeah, in terms of importance. And I don't mean one human is more important than the other, but so um, a crit- what they consider a critical missing person mm-hmm. is anyone under the age of 15 or over 60 years of age mm-hmm. and or people who are mentally or physically impaired um, mm-hmm. or in need of medical attention attention that makes um, sense kind of it's like vulnerable individuals yeah, exactly. right that's a good way i think that's a good way to put it yeah that makes sense yeah and then those who were likely the victim of a crime or other foul play may also draw um expedited attention from hmm. police um so then, if either of us go missing we're just fucked yeah because we're not in those ranges we're not well, in those age ranges and we're not disabled okay. yeah i shouldn't make that joke <laughs> of like i might be physically okay um also it says be be sure to clearly state the reasons why you believe the individual's absence is not voluntary. That's like makes total sense mm-hmm. to me. And also I wouldn't have really thought of that. Like if I don't hear from you for a day, I could file and I go to your home and you don't answer the door. I could file a missing persons. So if they said, why you, why do you believe that her absence isn't voluntary? Yeah, I'd have because, to think about that. Because we, we, we talk every contact. single day. Yeah. Um, we had plans to get lunch. She's she, dev, she you know she never not answers me for more than a few hours, and it's been twenty four hours. Things like that. Like, right. You know, I think we had talked about this on a very much earlier episode that like if I didn't hear from you, like if I had been texting you and calling you and and had gotten no response from you, and I came here and nobody answered, and three days had passed, I would be worried of course this would never happen because i would immediately call michael you live with somebody else yeah, so sure, there, sure. there's there's kind of a, a follow-up but in but general, like, in general yeah. like if you were living alone and i had called you texted you hadn't heard anything hadn't seen you came here you didn't answer i i would i would maybe not immediately i don't know what i would do i think i would after three days don't yeah. wait three days i'll be i could be dead yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's true. We do typically talk every single day. So I guess if I texted you several times one day and I didn't hear from you, the you whole- call one of my places of work. Yeah, that's what I would do first. I would call your work first. And also, I think uh, what that's I'm true. hearing in your, without you saying it, is like you might be hesitant to make a big deal out of something that maybe I just was real sick and like yep. or lost my phone. Yeah, you don't want to inconvenience the police. Yeah. Well, guess what, people. I don't know. I'm not a police officer. So this, they might say better something to tar- be safe than sorry. Because, because what if, you what if were I missing? actually was yeah. and you were like hemming and hawing for a day mm-hmm. and then it's valuable time. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because they true. say, oh, this is this is what I was going to say, but it has nothing to do with how long you have to wait to file missing persons. But that first 48 show. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's like, the most important. It's the most critical time. Right. So the sooner you, I believe, report. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's a new um, TV show on Hulu called alert uh and it's with 
the only person I know in is, is Scott Kahn is in it. And it's, it's basically they work in the missing persons department. Mm-hmm. So every episode is a different missing person. And it starts off like with the, with the main missing persons, police officers and their life and backstory. And then within a few minutes, they all get an alert on their phone of, of a miss of somebody who's been reported missing. And it's like that um, Amber alert that we get on our phones often. And then that episode follows trying to find that missing person. And what's interesting is the two main characters, their son, they got into this because their son seven or eight years prior had gone missing and was never found. This is a fictional show. This is a fictional show. Yeah. Yeah. It's medium. It's okay. I I like it enough, but. But I think like the Amber alert, I believe, and I haven't, of course I've gotten Amber alerts or I see them on the thing driving on the freeway. And I know there's something on Hulu that I haven't watched, but I think Amber Amber alert. Yeah. Named after a girl. Right. That's where it came that. from. Yeah, I didn't know that until recently because I almost picked that as a case. Amber. Well, it still could be a good case. Yeah, I had no idea. Okay, but... Sorry. That's okay. I think Amber Alerts are now go out for children and elderlies. Oh. Uh, and maybe they're called something else. I don't know. We'll have to not look that up or look it up. Okay, so a couple <laughs> other things. So, well, this was kind of interesting, actually. That's nah, not that interesting, but I'm going to read it. So mm-hmm. know what to, it says, know what to expect after they're fa- hopefully found. Oh, I think that's useful. Uh, hopefully the missing person will be found, hopefully quickly and before any harm happens. Uh, if they hopefully. turn up on their own, make sh- like if they turn up, if I file a missing persons and you show up mm-hmm. here, obviously make sure to inform the police to call off the search. If police find a missing adult whose actions of being missing, quote unquote, were voluntary, the police may not disclose where the person is unless that person gives them permission. So just because you filed them, if I file a missing person report on you and you're found and it was volunt and you say, I meant to go away. They might the not pol- tell you they why. They won't tell me where you are. Right. They will just say you are She's safe. safe. Oh, that makes sense because maybe I'm trying to escape you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing. So I think hopefully we can post this on the um, link, show notes. Uh, the show notes, this link, um, there's a missing person checklist. So it helps. So if you suspect a person is missing, the following actions that you can take, and it really says, call your local law enforcement and then file the report. And then it goes through a whole checklist, basic information on the person. So name, date of birth, nickname, address, or previous address, physical description, eye color, hair, blah, 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 blah. Uh, habits and personality of the missing person. So do they smoke? If so, what brand of cigarettes? Do they drink? If so, what type? Do they chew gum? What are their typical recreational activities? Um, Does the person have any particular banking habits? Are they a religious individual? Do they have uh, what level of education? Do they frequent particular areas, bars, taverns, parks, um, clothing, any potential trip plans they had? And then information on the last time they were seen and then overall health and potential people that the individual might contact. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely include that in the show notes. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, and I think it's really helpful. And I think it would also, again, if you really feel like your person, someone you know that you care about is missing, you're feeling overwhelmed, scared, worried. It can help keep you kind of focused. Yep. I feel like if I go missing, you could find me by following my trail of gum. I chewed up gum that I spit out. You'd be able to find it. You know what my favorite brand of gum is? It's important to know in case I go missing. uh, Ice something in the shaky pack? Yeah, in the big bottle. What is that? Ice 
It's called like sparkle gum or something. Uh-oh. Yeah. I like it. Uh, sorry, that's not to make light of this because that's really good information. And I can't. Well, that is one of the questions. Do Does the individual chew gum? Yeah. On the checklist. Because I mean, I'd imagine just like if knowing their brand of cigarettes, maybe you're finding cigarette butts in certain places sure. or thrown out gum or mm-hmm. gum wrappers or things like that. But, you know, ultimately, I think it would be just, I don't, I can't even imagine having a loved one go missing because it's that unknowing. I mean, look, having somebody get sick and, or somebody be murdered or get sick and die or any get injured, all of those things are absolutely awful. But, but you know, that that has happened. Yeah. Whereas having somebody go missing, it is just, you are in a constant state of limbo and wondering. And I feel like that would be uh, beyond torturous. Mm-hmm. Awful, awful. That's why if, ooh, mm, I, mm. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why like if, um, if and when, I know that's already happening in some ways, but not always, but like that you can get like a little chip, an RFD chip implanted no, in your hand you. or stuff where like I just scan my hand and it unlocks my door. But if I ever go missing, you know, unless you know I have that chip, I'm trackable. Right. It's a, like the dogs have the chips. Right. Yeah. What else is it tracking? Your phone's already that. Like that has to be a part of this. Like if your phone is on you as a missing person has to be they, on, though. It has to be on and on the person. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing a lot, probably not all, but some people that are like abducting people know to take their phone. And, of course. That's but what not I mean. all. I'm sure there's some stupid not idiots. All, but know to take their phone or no, you know, your phone does track you unless it's off and then it doesn't. Right. But also if this, whatever you said, implanted up here. Mm-hmm your tracker thing becomes commonplace in however long. Sure. Then people will know and they'll cut it out. Exactly. Yes, that's true. That's true. But the smart thing for that makes me think that the smart thing to do would be like, if that becomes a commonplace thing, you go and you are the only one who knows where it's been implanted because I could get it implanted in the corner of my hand or the behind my ear or behind my kneecap or whatever. And what is somebody going to, you know, fucking dig into all aspects of your body? Well, then they'd kill you. And that's a whole nother thing. Exactly. So I think that like, if that ever becomes a, a regulation kind of normal thing, it shouldn't be that every single person who gets a, an RFD chip gets it in their hand. It There's, you know, 30 locations on your body, you can get it. I know you're shaking your head. You would never get it. And I, and part of me thinks I would never get it. And then part of me also thinks I'm being tracked in every other possible fucking way these days. And, but what if you ever want to do something that uh, maybe it's commit a crime where you're not, maybe there's a way to turn off your RD, RFD. Maybe. Is that even right? I keep saying, I have no idea. I've never heard that. I think that that is right, but I will sound like a real idiot if that's not correct. I didn't know. Of course, I can imagine that RFID, that's happening. RFID. RFID. What chip. does it stand for? Radio frequency identification chip. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it. Yeah, I know. You know that this leads me, and then I'll. We have one more thing that I'll talk about, and then we'll be done. But this that also leads me to something else that I read about that's really scary that's happening. You know those um, Apple tags? Have you heard of this? You have not. Okay. So and and I don't have one, but. Um, Apple tags are, they look like this. They're Turn these, your computer a wee bit. They're, it just they're, looks like a disc. Yeah, it's an air tag. Looks like a teeny little disc. It's about that big. Where do big. you put it on your necklace? And it helps you keep track of your stuff. So if I put it on my keychain, oh. it will then, um, I can 
you know, signal it to... Right, if you lose your keys. If I lose my keys. But or you if have I to lose have my your phone. phone. Or vice versa. I believe there's a way where you right, can... Right, you have then, to have one Apple product, I imagine, to locate the... Yes. It's like find my iPhone, I have to have my computer or my tablet. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a it's an Apple tracking device designed to act as a key finder, which helps people also find personal objects. But... I read not that long ago, a couple months ago, some there was multiple stories about people taking Apple AirTags and sticking them, you know, dropping it in someone's purse at a bar, dropping, sticking it on somebody's car. And so you, you then know where they are at all times. You can easily find them for malicious reasons. Yep. Or I think about um, people who suspect their lover partner is cheating. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of couples, which I think, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. I think it's a bit odd when couples track each other's location. I do too. Because again, if people say that's a safety thing, maybe it is if I'm going like abroad without Michael or something, but like my phone is a tracking device. So find my iPhone. I've used it sometimes. Me too. So it wouldn't work because once I left my phone at a bar, Mm -hmm. didn't realize till the morning and I did track my iPhone and I was like, Mm-hmm. And it went right to useful. the bar. Very useful, but I was hope, hoping and praying it was somewhere in my home. Right. Um, so if my phone had been dead, it wouldn't have popped up on Find My iPhone? Okay. It would not have. No. Okay. So there's some, con- so I just found this, there's some controversy. Um, that, on the tag thing? On the Apple Air tag. So two women recently filed a class action lawsuit against Apple alleging lack of protections the Air tag has against stalking. One victim discovered that her ex-boyfriend had planted an Air tag on her car, while the other found multiple Air tags in her child's backpack that she suspects were placed by a former spouse. So it just it's a really easy way that if that Air tag is on you, who whoever bought the Air tag it, has uh-huh. it synced to their phone. They can can they can track you anywhere. Um, and it's and there's a rising number of stalking cases, stalking cases involving Bluetooth tagging devices, uh, and it's yeah, it's, creepy. It's super, 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 super creepy. How much is an air tag? I don't know. We'll go back to that main page. I bet it said like where you just typed it initially in. Hundred bucks for wow, four. That's pretty accessible for four. I mean, not yeah. for everyone, but I mean, it's, it's not astronomical. Twenty five to thirty bucks for one. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's so small that it, it's so easy to, you know, and this, this, so this quote says, if you're someone who forgets your keys or your purse or your child and you want to track them, this is a great way to do that, which I agree. I lose my stuff all the time. I'm, I'm forgetful and I lose things all the time, but, and of course the, uh, there's also a Samsung Galaxy Smart Tag, so mm-hmm. Apple AirTag, same thing. And the companies obviously say like these these were never designed. They're designed to give people peace of mind, not to make them nervous. Well, just like any of this technology stuff, right? But and it just I just remembered that this I don't have the specifics, but this is the first thing I heard about this was a while ago, maybe a year ago, and it was that um, this girl was being hassled by a guy at a bar, mm-hmm. and he unbeknownst to her air tagged her air tagged her and then like left her alone and but air tagged her and then went to her house and like raped her because he was able to follow her home and know where she lived i mean and that's scary because it is as think about it with your person stuff it'd be super simple for somebody if we're out at a bar or you know standing in line somewhere to just boop well, that's what purse. I wanted to say, and this is not meant to be like a sexist comment, because I know anyone can carry a bag or a backpack, and a lot of people 
females and males and everyone in between or mm-hmm. all or nothing can carry any kind of bag. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but let's just be general for a moment. Typically, women are the ones carrying purses. Right. So if I just look at myself versus my husband, I carry a purse. He happens to not. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to throw a little air tag on him, because I'm suspicious of something. You got to get I have it in to, his pocket or something. Well, and then he's going to find it before I find a teeny tiny air tag in my big bag, right? So if I get it into his back pocket, fine, it'll be there for a period of time, but he's going to find it very easily when he sticks his hand in his pocket. Yep. Yep. So I think anyone who carries a purse or a bag is more vulnerable to being, as I'm going to say, air tagged. That's true. And um, apparently there is a way to disable AirTag or to check if someone is AirTag following you on your phone. Um, and it has to do with the find my phone setting. And I, I'm Wait, not- so if someone AirTags me, it's not just connected to their iPhone, it would connect to mine? Yes, apparently, yes. And so they recommend that you... Um, Turn that setting off. Yeah, turn that setting off. Or if you have been somewhere where that could happen, you you check. Check. Yeah, and it has to do with the find my phone. And or turn it on if you know that someone, if you're open and willing for someone to air tag you for whatever sure. reason. Right, right, right. Um, hmm. I'm going to look into that. We'll, we will, I will look more into the air tag thing and if you can disable it and whatnot, because I do think if that's important information, maybe this is something that tons of people already know. Who knows? But uh, we'll try to include that on a future episode rather than sitting here and trying to research it as we go. So the very last one, and then we will wrap up this uh, lookup list, was so about the jewelry being melted onto the body, which yeah. obviously jewelry can be melted, or maybe not obviously to everyone, but you, know, you can have um, gold, silver, whatever jewelry that you take to the jeweler and they melt it down and into something new or just melt it down and give you money for it, things like that. Um, but specifically, I think we were talking about because Mary Lou, Mary number one, when her body was burned, even though her wedding ring was taken, there was other expensive jewelry that had melted onto mm-hmm. her body and they were able to determine that. And I think we were trying to figure out like, well, how much how? did it melt? Like, yeah. did it melt to a nothing right. or did it melt a little bit where they could determine it? I'm not going to lie. This is another one that's- Don't a, lie. This, <laughs> I won't. This is another deep, dark hole um, because a lot of the information that I found when I was Googling this, which my Google search history is- Yeah, I'm scared for you. I'm scared for me too, uh, came out about cremation. And when people are cremated, they they are, that body is burned and po- possibly with jewelry, often obviously with clothes and things. But- well, I imagine they actually, if it's being cremated, don't they try to take off all the jewelry and stuff? Sometimes. I read that some people want their loved ones oh, to be true. cremated yeah, with their with jewelry. The stuff. Okay. Yeah, But either way, it, they're cremated at a much higher temperature than most bodies who are accidentally burned. Or intentionally, but not in a cremation right, machine. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did find, and this is a little sidebar, that... Uh, even when they are cremated, sometimes jewelry, metals, dental work, surgical screws, and implants um, may not totally burn down. Mm-hmm. And then after they are, the body is burned, they have to sift through and pull those things out because it might damage the equipment that is used after the cremation process to grind down the last of the body. I didn't realize that that was a thing. 
Well, I didn't necessarily know that they had a grind down process, but I did know, or I thought I knew that sometimes not all the bot, like there's still fragments of bone and stuff. So they need to make it even mm-hmm. more fine, more fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it depends. I mean, it's really is the answer to this is there it is depends. no answer because it depends. it depends on what stones are in the jewelry. Is it gold? Is I'm sure all of that excel- matters. Was there an accelerant? Yeah, used? there's there this not? is too big of a thing. It's just a very vast um, question. But I did find this was kind of interesting on this forensic website that um, even though, and this is a little graphic, but although charred bodies are generally not completely destroyed, it remains a difficult and challenging task for the forensic physician who is expected to determine the identity of the victim, the presence or absence of signs that indicate whether the person was dead or alive before the fire broke out, then the cause of death, things like that. Um, even though, so, so the burning of a body makes that hard. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if you're going to stab somebody and then you burn them, it might be hard for them to determine that they were stabbed because of it. So you're, it's really just sure. Yeah. So that, I think that's why a lot of that burning happens. Of right. Murder. Um, the forensic team will collect relevant information. Um, you know, p- the position of the body when it was burned, um, the temperature when they find the body, which obviously mm-hmm. if it's much later, it wouldn't matter. Uh, and then a macroscopic examination of the body, which is, recovering any jewelry watches any uh it said tattoos which seems like that would be the first thing to burn off i can't imagine that would exist uh and then also metallic objects which are highly radio opaque and thus easily seen on a machine called a pmct like maybe like cavities from the teeth yeah or a i don't know if a defibrillator is like some sort of metal but an body implant like you said earlier yeah yeah uh but yeah uh so a, P, a PMCT is a postmortem computed tomography mm. where they're taking, it, it's kind of like an autopsy, but it helps to perform an, almost an autopsy on bodies that have been advanced, advanced decomposed bodies, detecting postmortem gas, things that can help uh, get more info, get more info in a situation where it might be difficult. It's like a CT scan for dead people. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, it's uh, good you said that because I was thinking like, a, I was picturing in a weird way, like how, because you, you said macro something. So like mm-hmm. not micro, like not mm-hmm. mon- minuscule, but like taking a bigger picture overview or a bigger look. Yep. I was thinking like a metal detector over sand. Yep. It, 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 it permits a preliminary and detailed 3D reconstruction, oh. um, like the wounds, entrance and exit wounds, bone fractures, things like that for gunshots, for That's anything. That's cool. So, I mean, cool. cool. Interesting. Innovative. Yeah, innovative and interesting. Certainly, there's a lot more on that. Uh, but again, these lookup lists could go on all night long. I just want to say something before we sign off. So, because I said, oh, if my phone had been off, mm-hmm. dead find my iPhone wouldn't work. Well, when I just went into find my iPhone under find my network, it says participating in the find my network lets you locate this iPhone even when it's offline. That means offline, not right. off. Right. In power reserve mode. Mine's always in that. Mm-hmm. And after it's powered off. Oh, really? How is that possible? I just watched an FB, an episode of FBI where they were like tracking this guy and then they're like, he turned his phone off. We can't track right. it. Right. That's what I see on all the shows. Like that's how you stop people from tracking you. But maybe, maybe it's last known location though. 
Although that's not what it sounds like. I don't know. We'll have to look into that too. We got a lot of things to look into. Now I feel overwhelmed. Although it's fine. Track me world. I don't care. (laughs) Not going anywhere. All right, guys. Uh, Hopefully this will come out tomorrow. It is Friday night. So we'll see. You'll either have this on Friday or Saturday. Sorry. Saturday or Sunday. And then we will be back on Monday with the episode we just recorded yesterday. That's right. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Please send us a DM, an email. Write us a review. Write us a review. Please write us a review. Follow Good. us. Yeah. Follow us on every social media. We are at Death X Southwest. And we now have a YouTube, so go subscribe so maybe we can start doing these on YouTube Live. Uh, happy Friday. Thanks for listening. And happy Friday. And have a nice weekend. <laughs> yeah, have a good weekend and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.